0: Hello, Welcome to another <laughs> Hello Were
1: you going Pulp Fiction on us there for a second?
0: Yes <laughs> Is that why all the kids Groovy, today baby. do the peace Groovy. sign? Is just their callback to Pulp Fiction? That
2: yeah, I'm sure that's <laughs> it <laughs> that <laughs> 100% 100% right yeah. when you see that little grade schooler And they do this when they get their picture taken It's calling back to uh, Pulp Fiction <laughs> <laughs>
0: You learned it here
2: first 100%, 100%.
1: Uh,
0: welcome to age of geek the podcast we're stoked to be here tonight to talk about a fantastic show ted lasso
2: ah beautiful masterpiece
0: it's
3: so good
2: I feel like our watermark doesn't work very well with this background, Colin. No. <laughs> I I, it, as you changed it from white to black, I think. I did I, oh, was it you, Marley?
3: Yeah, because the white, I, I was like, oh, I need to change it to the other one. And I was like, wait, no, it's the yellow. Nope, it's that's the, the yellow problem. that's blending in. Yeah. just hating. It's fine. I was thinking we could just take it off.
0: (laughs) I did the greyhound background, but I could we could have done the believe in the background, but all of our faces would be covering the words. But I
2: think the believe sign is yellow too, so it still would be the same issue. (laughs) I (laughs) could just do (laughs) Jason Stadakis'
0: face right up in everything. That
2: that would be
3: okay too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ted Lasso ended series finale ended last week.
3: Yeah. Only three yeah. seasons. It's kind and of yeah. hard to believe. Um, you know, we were, me and Steph, we were actually just talking to to our friend Lindsay um, about it yesterday. And we're like, yeah, we're recording the episode on, on Ted Lasso. Like, you know, and she's like, Oh, I'll watch it eventually when it's all out. And we're like, it is all out and she's like well yeah all the the first three seasons and we're like no no she's like yeah when all the seasons are out then i'll get to it we're like now it's out you need to watch it now
2: (laughs) it's a rare thing like it's a successful it's a successful show they could do i mean i think the, the demand is there to keep doing more seasons but they said from the very beginning we had a story and uh, and we finish that story, and that's it. And I'm good with how it ended, so yeah. I'm okay with that. I think there will be some spinoffs, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, we definitely will be talking about the ending and have spoilers. So if you have not finished, go and do so now. Then return to us. We'll wait.
2: Well, no, we'll we end. don't have to. They'll just pause us, Steph, and come oh. back with their bed. <laughs> so we don't We're actually here have for to for <laughs> We're not waiting.
3: Well, and I feel like with, like, Brett Goldstein... Um, you know, he's, he also has a pretty successful show on the side too, with, with shrinking. And so like you, you can see that like, he's still, well, and you know, there's other people involved too. It's not just him, but like, they're still making like some really good content and stuff. So I feel like they're just, they're just getting going. So yeah, they're, they're definitely going to be some spinoffs or even some other new shows like shrinking, that we get just like these fun unique shows. Oh, oh my gosh, oh, there's Roy there Kent's face. Hannah mm-hmm. Waddington who <laughs> plays Rebecca.
0: She would play Rebecca as long as she could. If they do a spin-off, she would love to be a part of it. So, they might be doing some spin-offs. I've seen their idea of doing a Zava spin-off, which I think could be <laughs> <not good> <laughs> Is like the perfect example of a character that should be obnoxious and annoying, but they use him just enough that he doesn't get to like go over the line. Yeah.
3: I don't know. He was kind of in and out like so quickly, though, that I was just starting to actually like him because I was super annoyed with him in the beginning. And then all of a sudden I was like, hey, I actually like him. And then they got rid of him. I'm like, but then they got that big ass avocado. <laughs> oh
4: that was
0: awesome.
4: <laughs> freaking huge.
2: I would oh, love to Guacamole. That Jeez. <laughs> oh,
0: when man. was first season of Ted Lasso released?
2: 2020.
0: 2020. So it was definitely co- like COVID content.
2: Yeah, it was. So I think it was completed and everything before COVID hit. And then Apple released it. And <clears throat> while I I don't think anybody would say, Hey, let's be grateful for COVID. It was awesome. Like the timing worked out well for Ted Lasso because it was came out right when we didn't really have any place to go. And so people were more likely to pick up something because really Apple plus at that point, wasn't a huge streaming service. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were giving it away for free with every Apple product that you bought. I think I had four memberships at one point (laughs) or another based on like replacing phones for my kids and whatnot but um so people weren't watching a ton of it and so when this came out because of when it came out i think it really helped to kind of boost it along with the quality but i mean there had to be a reason why people would buy in in the first place and i think that contributed
1: well let me ask you get let me ask the panel really quick did you guys start ted lasso in 2020 like when it first came out or did you come to it later because i was very much a late a late addition to the ted lasso the Lasso Way, as it were. Um, I didn't come into it until, wow, three months ago, I believe. Oh, wow. So, it, I, and I'm not one who's a binge watcher, so I only watched an episode or two a night over, you know, it's like not every night even. But, you know, I was able to get the more compressed um, story all at once, so to speak, as opposed to 2020, 2021, the skip year, and then this year.
0: Robert, mm-hmm. real quick, whose legs are floating above your head?
1: There, there, are, there are, no legs above my head. Uh, Dark feet.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like trying to look down so I could, but that's not how. There you <laughs> go.
1: That's not how video oh, works. That's there not
2: you. how yeah. video
3: works. <laughs> no. Well, uh, and, and to answer your question, Robert. So I, because I came, I came into it after the whole, like the first season was was out. And, um, but initially when I heard about the show, cause like, yeah, yeah, it was 2020 and it was very like, you know, there was like not a whole lot to do and there's still some new shows being released. And I heard about this Ted Lasso and it was a soccer show. And I'm, really? I'm not a big, I'm not a fan of soccer. I'll be honest. Like pro soccer. I'm like, if someone gave me tickets to a match, sure. I would maybe like go see it, but, I'm not gonna go on my own, um, and I played soccer when I was a kid too, and I still don't really like it. But I think they have was... to, by law, play soccer as a child in Utah. So it's true, and um, but I, I heard it. it I feel like it, this show was very much like a word of mouth kind of show because all of a sudden people started watching it, and they're like, "Hold on a second, this show is amazing. It's funny. It's wholesome. It's not what you think at all." And, and that's kind of how it happened for me. Um, I had some friends that I was um, staying with and um, they're like, Oh, we should watch Ted Lasso. We have all, all the first season. And I'm like, okay. And we binged it during, during my whole time I was staying with them. Like, yeah, we, we binged it hard (laughs) because it was, and it was, yeah. And second season, you know, we were excited for that one to come out too and everything. So yeah, we just stuck with it. So yeah, it was sometime in 2020, I think. Marley's the one who told me about it, so we watched it after. So definitely word
1: of mouth there. Okay. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I had seen people starting to talk about it like online, and so I tried a couple of episodes, and it took me a little bit longer to get on board with it because of the language and some of the content in it. I was like, I don't typically watch shows with with a lot of that in it, and so it was out of character for me. But then there was so much in it that was good. I'm like, I can't ignore it so i probably really full-on watched it right before the second season came out i watched the first season all the way through in preparation for that one coming out
0: yeah this is definitely a show i describe as like effing wholesome because it i did catch a lot of people that i don't think typically watch things with language in it like this Mm -hmm. but the content is greater than the language that bothers some people and it is just so wholesome, even while Roy Kent is effing this and effing that. So definitely,
2: he's, yeah, he's seem... just to be clear, he's saying effing this and effing that. He's not actually going around and effing.
3: This. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's here
0: and he's there
3: and he's every everywhere. Where, so mm-hmm. Roy Kent. <laughs> well, and like that's the thing too is I like because I'm I'm not I don't swear all that much. Um on you know personally but like I don't mind some swears here and there but like I feel like with this show they were so well timed like I feel like the script was just so clever and witty that like any almost any time there was like an f-word um or you know anything like that it was it was funny it was like it was for comedy you know and so I I feel like they that really helped with it It as well
1: But it wasn't just for comedy. I think that it was situationally, and for the characters who were dropping f bombs, where they did, it was believable that they would do it in that moment. Oh yeah, no, for
3: sure. So it was was
1: more conversational as Mm -hmm. opposed to done done just for a good laugh, so to speak. Yeah, no, that's
0: true. I think it's also cultural. I think that uh, like that language isn't seen as such a bad as bad as it is in the U.S.
2: If you've ever watched a Gordon Ramsay anything besides right. Master Chef <laughs> Junior, where he doesn't do it in front of the kid. but but Master anything Chef else Junior. like Kitchen Nightmares or whatever, you can. I mean, I think that is a very cultural thing uh, for certain parts of the UK, and, sure. it's, or, and it's, or can, outside of Utah. you can see that in yeah. that's also true. In, Thank in you, Ted, Robert.
4: as well. Right, like Ted is this very very initially reserved, kind of calculated on on you know what he's going to say and doesn't normally say those kind of things until, you know, the final season.
1: But I think that even with Ted, I mean, Ted is very much, Ted Ted falls into what I remember of living in the Midwest of just a lot of, a lot of people. Um, And when he did finally have that conversation with his mother and it was just dropping them every other sentence, it was like, okay. And I think that Ted, Ted maintained kind of like a his wholesome status throughout. And it wasn't that he wasn't he wasn't calculating later. He was, however, a lot less restrained, even liberated in being able to be open about how he felt with things, which he bottled so much up the first two seasons. That conversation with his mom was one of my
2: favorite conversations, <laughs> and I have made a list in my head of, anyway, a similar conversation for anyway, we can move forward. Sorry. <laughs>
0: I feel, I actually feel like that's a really common theme in pop culture right now is like breaking generational trauma. And that requires uh, having tough conversations with parents that sometimes we uh, would rather just skirt it under, under the rug. And so, yeah, I think that was a really important and cool episode. I really like the exposition of the seasons because the first season is like all set up, right? It's all wholesome. We love it. We're getting the characters, backstories. The second season is Ted going through mental health crises. A little more character development amongst other people and the team. And then third season is like a ton of team camaraderie together. And Ted like finally finished, like doing the work, getting to the conclusion. And so it really is just this great story and moves well. But the second and third season are quite different from the first season because you go from that happy-go-lucky to like, hey, actually, let's talk about some real stuff now.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of times with shows like this that are going to use kind of the sitcom format but still want to break through to some kind of tougher issues, you see that pretty regularly. Like, the first season has played much safer. Like, let's make this more of a typical kind of sitcom. I mean, the first couple of episodes especially, you really feel like, okay, this is like, if Michael Scott were given a Premier League soccer team. Not quite to that level, but you know. Steph- I'm not an off.
3: Yeah, you said the wrong. <laughs> I'm not a wrong fan. Comparison. Michael
0: Scott gives me the ick.
2: Okay. So if Leslie Nope were given a Premier League soccer. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Okay. And but then with the second season, because they're like, okay, people are bought into these characters now. Now we can really kind of push the envelope a little bit more. And then they push it even further in the third season. Um, and I I love that. I love when you can say, hey, we're going to break genre boundaries. We're going to break norms. And we're going to kind of put the art that we want to put out out there. Especially, like, you guys know where Ted Lasso came from?
1: I mean, not Kansas. Kansas. I didn't. I had to look it up and it was fascinating that it was a NBC sports creation. Like
2: 10 years ago, NBC had gotten the rights to air premier league uh, football soccer here in the United States. And to promote it, they put an ad campaign together with this character that Jason Sudeikis and the actor who plays beard had kind of created was what if a football coach from America were hired to be a soccer coach in the premier league to kind of be that, Hey, Let's introduce him to some terms people aren't familiar with, whatever. And it was all comedy. It was all like Saturday Night Live level kind of sketch comedy. That's where Ted Lasso, and that was Ted Lasso. And that's where the character came from. And then to turn it into what this has become is pretty amazing.
1: And there was an end credit and for every episode, uh, characters from NBC Sports, which is what made me look it up in the first place.
2: Did Jason
0: Sudeikis start off on SNL? He did. Okay. And then did... Said.
3: Did Beard start off on SNL? No. No. Yeah, I've not seen him in anything before this. Me
1: either. And the only thing I'd seen Brett Goldstein in before this was his Hercules in uh at the very end of oh. Love and Thunder. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, but we
3: started
0: singing Roy Kent Roy... when we saw that. Yeah. Roy Kent. Well, yeah.
3: Brett
2: that's because he's a writer. He's mm-hmm. not an actor. Yeah. And he wasn't going to play this part. It but they were looking for who was going to play Roy Kent. And he thought, I think I can do it and submitted a video of him doing the character, <laughs> Sent it to the producers and everybody and said, look, if this is garbage, if this is rubbish, just, just disregard it, 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 never happened. talk about it, pretend it never happened, <laughs> but this is my idea for it. And then they said, Hey, we're going to stop looking. You're it. You're Roy Kent. So he, he, that's why he hasn't really been in anything before this um, because he was a writer.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> and, he loves the Muppets and that's just one of my favorite things in the world (laughs) and his skits on um Sesame Street with Oscar and I'm I love Sesame Street it's one of my favorite shows and so yeah his skits (laughs) with Oscar are just so wonderful because they have the same energy
3: well and like I feel like Roy Kent's character I mean obviously like in the beginning you're you're kind of meant to like not really be sure about him because he's just like kind of this rough, gruff, rude guy who swears a lot and, and all of that. But like, I feel like over the seasons and, and I feel like it was pretty quickly too, for me, um, he became like one of the most beloved characters throughout all three seasons, even though he, yeah, like he softened up a little bit here and there and we definitely got to know him a little bit more. Um, And especially when, you know, he opened up a little bit more, when he was in the relationship with keely and so that was like it was just really nice to see like because obviously yes this show is about ted lasso that's it's the name it's the name of the show but like i feel like it became a show about all the other characters too
2: it's interesting because it is the name of the show but when we and and maybe we're jumping ahead here but when we get to the end and his one note that he had for trent Crimm was my one suggestion change the title of the book it was never about me Mm -hmm. and i felt like that applies a lot to the show too like this even though he is the main character i agree marley we see the characters all around him growing and we're invested in each of them and and it really is about this culture and this community that's built with this uh this team but
1: i think that it both wasn't about ted and was in uh to his to counter his statement. Um, Not just the growth that we saw in everybody, but the growth that we saw in everybody because of his influence on them and his ability to to break down a lot of walls, (laughs) even among players on the team and the staff and the management and be able to get them to come outside of their shells and their boxes to be able to relate to each other.
4: Yeah, it's that unconventional thinking and ideas that just get put out there that sometimes can have the hugest impact. You know, it's, it's not just, you know, here's, here's how we're doing it. This is how we've always done it. We're going to stick to it. Right. It's okay. Let's look at this differently. Cause obviously I'm not a soccer guy. Right. But these are the things that I've seen in, in my life and things that I've dealt with and things that, I'm still
2: dealing with that can help impact and change others around me. And I think that's what he excels at, right? Is is the people piece and building people. Um, I love in the first season when Trent Krims interviewing him and he says, you know, I'm not really as concerned about wins and losses. And then later in the conversation, later in the night, he says, I'm going to say this again so that, you know, it wasn't a mistake when I said it before. I don't care about wins and losses. I'm here to help each of these young men become the best versions of themselves. And like that was, that's why he felt like he could do it. Like it was a crazy idea. Are we going to go coach football and in, in England? Like it's crazy, but he knew he could do it because he knew he could build the team and he understood the people piece. I think.
0: Well, and that's such a quintessential, like, characteristic of a good sports movie too it's not always necessarily about being the best and winning but when you start to build people up as more than just sports players athletes athletes, sports sports balls players
3: sports (laughs) get (laughs) ball
0: but when you start to build someone up and create community and create oneness on a team you see the improvement of the team overall
1: and it doesn't so. just apply to sports though. I mean, cause I think that just as a manager.
0: Hey, we're just talking just about in sports in this episode. So
1: <laughs> sorry. I gave you permission, Robert, please continue. <laughs> no, speaking, you know, from a management standpoint, um, he also showed something that a lot of people don't understand about management. Sometimes managing isn't knowing everything about every piece of the puzzle below you, but it's finding the people that can do the job best and coordinating their efforts to make the overall output the best it can be. And Ted did that. And he didn't just do it downstream. It, he did it upstream as well with Rebecca and won her over because, you know, her whole her whole gig at the beginning was just like, I just want to run this team into the ground to, to upset my ex-husband. And then made her, you know, as he put it on the wall in the in the locker room, believe and then want to have something that was not just something that Rupert cared about and her destroying it for that sake but something that she cared about and wanted to have thrive
0: so when you're saying managing do you mean coaching but british
1: no, no. i actually mean management like oh, in okay. work if you're a
2: manager if you lead people at any capacity there's a lot of lessons from ted lasso there's a I ton
1: think. of lessons in here yeah.
0: so did you guys recognize that hannah hannah waddington is the shame woman from game of thrones
1: i knew I- that no. I yep. didn't
0: know it. And then I'm like,
1: oh my god.
3: I know. Not <laughs> in not in the it. beginning. Yeah, it definitely. I think you pointed it out to me, Steph. I was like, wait, what?
1: I would have had to watch Game of Thrones to have gotten that right.
3: Okay. Yeah, probably. Uh, so. Yep. Okay. Yep. It happens in a later season. So yeah.
1: Or, or read the internet, Robert. That's yeah. what I learned. Yeah, about internet. It. do you pop culture? Uh, what is this internet?
3: Well, and <laughs> another funny um crossover connection to that i found out just this week um and again steph steph over there pointed it out to me so i like for the first time am i'm finally sitting down to watch buffy the vampire slayer mm-hmm. um and which i'm loving it by the way it's great and uh giles if you guys know who that is he's the librarian mm-hmm. He's played by the same actor who's Rupert Mannion in Ted Lasso, but he's a lot younger. <laughs> he's such a D-bag as Rupert. Yeah. I love it. I'm not was,
2: convinced like, he wasn't as Giles either. Like,
0: uh, yeah, I mean, that's fair. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. he's he's a little, yeah. Maybe
3: sometimes. not to the
2: same extent that Rupert Bro- was. He's but...
3: crotchety. In yeah. Buffy. Yes. Yeah. I know, but as I've been watching Buffy and I just like every time Giles is on screen and he's talking, I'm just like. Studying him to be like Rupert.
2: <laughs> he, he's also in an episode of doctor who, where he plays a principal of a school or a headmaster of a school. And he is also a vampire. Speaking of hey. irony. Oh, so,
3: vampires. Kay. Which episode
2: was this? Which doctor was it? It was the 10th doctor. one where he meets Sarah Jane again, and she's investigating mm. us, the school as well.
0: And if you play fall guy, one of the costumes you can get right now is Doctor Who. There oh, you go. oh,
3: yeah. I haven't played Fall Guys in forever. Yeah. That's a fun <laughs> one, though. We play it with our daughter. <laughs>
4: sure. So it's just like, unfortunately, I do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, uh, The side characters are so good in this. And again to maybe jump forward a little bit the biggest twist of the entire show is that we actually love jamie tart at the end yeah oh my gosh that is not something i ever expected (sighs) my heart i like i like how they ended it with keely and um jamie and roy but also part of me was like Thruple. (laughs)
2: maybe as i I watched that episode and they were telling her like we were we've been fighting Now you have to decide which one of us. I thought Steph's going to watch this and say they should be all three of them together. Like, I just (laughs) knew where Steph was going to go with
3: it. I mean, I'll be honest. I thought the same thing. I was like, maybe this could...
4: I mean, I'm not... I mean, they've been on Jamie's wall for a real long time.
3: (laughs) That is true.
2: (laughs) Yeah, both of them. That was fun.
3: I loved that episode. That was like a fun little glimpse into his life, too. Jamie's. Jamie's an
2: interesting character to me just because we see this conceited, arrogant, not very nice guy at the very beginning. And then as we get to see a little bit, glimpses of his backstory, like how his father treated him and like just dresses him down in the locker room. And um, like those moments where you kind of start to understand why Jamie is the way he is. And those are some of the moments, too, that like breaks the wall down between him and Roy. Because in that moment at the end of season two, I think, uh, where he, um, what's, is it season two at the very end where they lose to Man City and his yeah. father's in there yelling at him mm-hmm. and then Coach Beard take, takes his father out after Jamie punches him and then Roy just comes over and gives Jamie a hug. Like those are the moments, like those are the quiet little moments that we see that relationship developing, but we see that throughout with all of the characters, I think. And uh, I don't know. I, I enjoy Jamie's evolution and change and growth. And in this season, I loved seeing him step up as this is my team. Like I'm the leader of this team. Uh, and go through that transformation instead of I'm the best player on the team. I'm the leader on the team. Until
1: he you know? wasn't, because you know Sava. Yeah, then there was Zava. Oh, Zava. And then having to play second fiddle, you know, to Zava. And and then having to step up again after that. I thought that the humility that he showed and going to Roy and saying, you know, coach me, to, you know, make me a better player. And then the two wow. of them having that relationship outside of the regular team dynamic was interesting to watch as well.
0: Um, change between... Jamie Tart and um Obis- Sam, Obasanya. Mm-hmm. It was one of my favorite, most wholesome. I and I love the it's in the third season when McAdoo like is like, I can't be captain right now, and he gives it to Sam. And Jamie's like, You want me to take that? And Sam like hey, look, flips him I off, which is like kind of <laughs> off character for no. Sam, but it like shows how they banter together. I it it just made my heart happy. Well and like also show love by
3: flipping people off. So
1: as you should. It's true. She (laughs) does.
3: But like also one of one of my most favorite, but it was just kind of an interesting episode too was that episode where they were in Amsterdam and you kind of got like these like three different four different I don't know all these like different stories of everybody and like how they chose to spend their you know their evening there in Amsterdam and I freaking loved Jamie and Roy's little adventure on the bicycles and like even Jamie like helping Roy learn how to ride a bike (laughs) and they're like they're like windmills we gotta go find the windmills and like I just I feel like that whole I I could have gotten like a whole episode of that friendship like that hangout and just like forget all the other stuff (laughs) i was like i just need more of this (laughs) okay but
0: amsterdam brings up a question i have for y'all did we ship ted and rebecca
3: i i wanted it to happen i i'll be honest i always did i always did too i really wanted it to happen even in the end like when um she was saying goodbye to him at the airport i was like are they going to kiss? Is it going to happen? I was like freaking out.
1: Now, I thought that it, yeah, I had that same question during the airport scene, but it was the only time I really was like, hmm. I take that back. Except for the very beginning of the of the finale where Ted walks out yes! in his pajamas Which and his just beard like, walks out. They did that on
3: purpose. Oh,
2: they totally, <laughs> totally. did. Absolutely. It was
1: brilliant. Oh, yes, it, was it was brilliant. brilliant. It, was, it was one of those well, we've gotten everybody completely off guard now, and go. And I think I like...
0: turned to Blake and I'm like, "They didn't show us this." And then <laughs> that cleaner was...
4: just walking in, thinking, "What kind of orgy <laughs> just <laughs> happened?" Like,
2: well, Jane, Jane and Beard running up to the room as they're like, "Don't, don't." <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Uh, that was that was probably one of the best pranks that the showrunners did. That and when they Rickrolled us at uh, Rebecca's father's funeral that was awesome as oh, well Oh,
3: they literally rick rolled us yes. yes yes
0: they did um one of my favorite callbacks too was the first season ted is teaching jamie like the pick me do it to me and then they do that in the last episode as well and the,
3: oh i forgot yeah about that. there's
0: fun callbacks but also with the whole ted and rebecca thing so she's looking for the green matchbook the whole time. There is one episode in third season where Ted pulls stuff out of his pocket that, and has a green matchbook. So that like,
2: was that was the moment in the season where I thought maybe they're going to go there because he does just nonchalantly pull it out. And like if you're not noticing, you could have totally missed would, it. And he puts absolutely. it on the table. I'm like, dude, he's still got the green matchbook. Are they going to go there? And honestly, the whole um, – uh, what was it, shite and armor or whatever. I was like, I could see Ted making that mistake and yeah. fumbling over mm. his words. That was the moment where I thought they would go there. Uh, after Ted's mom visits, I'm like, no, they're not going to. He's got to go home. That That's where this character has to go. And I don't I think agree. Rebecca's going to go with him.
0: No. As much as I wanted it to happen, I was very happy with how they ended it yeah um, and pl- same. platonic friendship is very important as well <clears throat>
4: i was mm-hmm. kind of working while watching the, the last episode but did ted's ex wife boyfriend ever get like smacked
1: for knocking the game no no like the worst he got was a very dirty look from both henry and michelle
3: mm-hmm. and then he got
1: relegated to the corner of the room yeah yep. yeah yeah Yeah. They- That was one thing I was very
2: satisfied with the ending, but there were things like that that didn't really get tied up. Like somebody asked me, so is is Ted back together with Michelle? I'm like, I don't think they are. I think Ted has moved forward from that. And I don't think he needs to go back. Michelle is his ex-wife.
0: But it is interesting because the only home he has to go back to is the home that Michelle and Henry live in. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, Because they were still married when he left. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which doesn't mean they get back together. Well, no, yeah, no, it, no. But it, but it was when he gets whole, out of the cab and he goes and into the, the house. And then doing the whole D-bag boyfriend thing, you can see why, yeah, why people might think that they get back together. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah. they didn't tie those those
2: it, ribbons. In my head, they're not back together. And yeah. Ted has moved on yeah. and yeah. can do better. Because I don't like Michelle, honestly. She left oh, Ted just... and, and she left him for a Jacob, which is normally an upgrade. But <laughs> in this case, it was not. <laughs>
0: Because he see. was not well, great it, either. So many it, rate character ratings that put Michelle at yeah. the bottom. Oh my god. Well gosh. Then, like
4: it was huh. it was mainly because of his personality, like mm-hmm. his optimism. She couldn't handle the always optimistic point of view. And so they would get back together
2: and it would just drive her nuts again. Yeah, I think I think though she so this is hard. I don't like Michelle. Um and I don't want him back together with her. I don't think they work together, but I think she had a valid point with his optimism because I think before he starts meeting with, uh, Dr. Dr. Sharon Fieldstone. Yes. Dr. Sharon and starts really kind of coming to grips with his, you know, past his trauma, everything that goes along with that. I think, and in that moment when he's yelling at his mom too, one of the FUs to his mom is, and f you for making me feel like i had to pretend everything was okay and that's been his personality i think that's where that that positivity comes from that is so over the top because i think in a marriage there was never a time when he was down or wasn't really opening up and sharing those feelings and emotions with michelle i don't know maybe that's too deep but
1: i just well now that he's now that he's emotionally available who knows and in my head I, I didn't care one way or the other. I was curious, like, did they get back together? But even if they didn't, it either way for me, it would have worked. Um, I, you know, I was open to it going either direction. I was just happy to see him back with Henry and the look on his face of having his dad back home. Who
4: knows? Maybe Sassy will go and visit oh. him.
3: No, Ted's uh, a hot mess. i didn't like sassy <laughs> no 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 Other it's going when it to be
0: she told uh Robert Robert his face, that he was horrible and i'm just oh my like yes.
3: every time but no 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 this is what's gonna happen because rebecca mentioned i want to travel the world like and i know she's staying with the team but she did mention that she wanted to travel more and they're in the off season now so Maybe she comes to Kansas, but, but the Dutch the guy. No. guy.
4: She's He's got the Dutch pilot guy. His daughter. She's got her pilot guy now.
3: She could go still go visit Ted.
4: No, the pilot guy is uh, wonderful. Not for romantic she reasons. deserves him.
3: No, 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 it's not going to work
4: out. Not He's just not for a serious romantic,
3: killer. but like, no, just He's to like go visit and like as a friend. But she could bring the pilot guy with. <laughs> but yeah, that. What do you What do you guys think about that? relationship i don't even know what if that's even what that is with rebecca and the pilot
4: the well Dutch initially guys. it wasn't but or i think they they both left it as a this is something so good and i don't want to ruin the moment that they had well they didn't together because they, they they knew that they were away from each other right it would yeah. it would have turned into a long distance thing he represents um,
0: everything that Rupert wasn't. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. she puts on hand-me-down clothes when he gets in her home. They eat um like a simple but delicious meal. They I they don't they don't have sex, do they?
2: No, no, they no. Do so not. like all nope. these
0: things that like it's it's the opposite of Rupert, he He's lives more, a simple life. So, yeah, I think that's something, and the whole kid thing, too. So, well, and
4: can I just say that I love that it didn't end in a sex thing? Yeah, because I feel like that was just such a natural, open thing to where it didn't need to end in that. Like it was, it was still romantic. Something that was, yeah, it was mm. romantic
1: and it was it something was that was sexy. good for those two characters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, keeping with them and also touching on Sam and uh, I think it was Katie. Um,
0: oh, his Rebecca's like, mother's psychic. Oh.
1: So, hmm. she said a number of things that, that we saw come to pass over this over the course of the uh, season the green matchbook, Shiten Nining Armor, and she mentioned that you, I think she said, you will become a mother. You will be a mother or something like that. Right. And it was kind of like, for me, it was like, so are she and Sam going to get back together? Because I was curious about that, especially after Sam's father had been seen and yep. had you know met everybody. I'm like, okay, that's one thing. But uh, the pilot has a daughter. And it's like, well, perhaps this is her, her final thing of like, so this relationship with the pilot will move forward. And she will become stepmom to this little girl. Mm-hmm.
0: I hated Rebecca and Sam together Um, and I'm glad they didn't pursue it much further. Cause I do think that's one of those things. If the roles had been reversed and it was the manager of a male manager of like a women's team, it would have been, it would never have happened. And it's just, inappropriate relationships with the power differential so i was just Mm -hmm. like oh let's not let's not go much forward with it and they they nipped it in the bud pretty quick yeah
2: they did and i think even from the i I think it was supposed to feel that way too steph i don't think it was supposed to be like oh this is something long i to me i always read it as she always kind of knew it wasn't appropriate that's why she she called off because rebecca i mean she's got too much uh Gosh, I want to say grooming and that just sounds wrong in this context, <laughs> but she's just been brought up so properly that she's going to do what's appropriate, you know, and mm-hmm. so I was glad as well that they called it off and I didn't want them to ever go back. Even though I mean, Rebecca's great and Sam's great. I just I I agree the power dynamic there is just
1: The weird. power dynamic I did come to play for me and I was also wondering if at some point especially after Sam Richardson's character, the really obnoxious Nigerian guy. Edwin (laughs) Akufu. Thank you, Akufu. 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 After he came into into play, I was like, is Sam A going to leave Richmond or B just going to quit the team altogether to give this a shot? Was something that came through my mind.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, it made you think that like a good majority of the time. And then can we just talk about that scene when Akufu comes back and he's like, I want to make the ultimate league. And he has like all the big like power players of football and big rich white men yes okay i loved that scene though like i thought that was like amazing how rebecca was like you're all children and like then like all of a sudden like like she totally tells them off and and she's just like no we're not doing this this is ridiculous and then like what happened like did akufu just like go crazy and throw food at everybody because we didn't see that 100 percent yeah, and then a spoiled just... no, He yeah. probably yeah. he
2: probably had his assistant guy that Ooh, he has yeah. give everybody <laughs> high fives and shake their hands, throw the food at him.
3: Yes, but Which that whole so, yeah. scene was just like <laughs> it was just like bizarre, but also like okay, you know, awesome. And I loved how I also loved how um, Rebecca pushed Rupert away.
0: Yeah, how Rupert tried no. to kiss her and she's like, <laughs> no, she's like, what?" No, no, no.
3: <laughs> and it and it wasn't even like yeah, like she was like, "No, this is like." did you really think there was something here like it wasn't even like she was really i don't think she was really entertaining the idea i think she was like seriously appalled that he was even gonna try to kiss her absolutely yes
4: i was i was really proud of of nathan shelley uh, oh in his we gotta talk with, about nathan
1: let's talk
2: nathan <laughs> nathan oh man so i did not arcs.
0: want him to have a redemption arc Me oh neither. i absolutely did
2: yeah no i absolutely wanted it and i thought they did
1: it perfectly
0: uh, i did I liked not
1: they did it i think that the fact that it wasn't ted who came to him yes. but beard, beard i think yes. that made it that much better and then hearing yep. beard's backstory because mm-hmm. you've got all these other yeah. mysteries going around about beard like you know the david <laughs> bowie makeup and the glam makeup you're just like okay <laughs> that whole
3: episode not... with beard having the night like to himself <laughs> no. that was the most bizarre episode yes. Well, I he directed that episode City. He directed one episode
0: each season, I think. And he directed in first season, The Night on His Own.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: In the second season, it was... Um, oh, I can't remember what was in second season. But in third season, it was Amsterdam.
1: Okay. But if it, I think that, you know, if there was going to be a redemption arc, and I wasn't sure that it was going to go that way, the fact that it did happen and that it was Beard who was the instigator... I'm sorry. After the team went to, to go talk to Nathan and go, dude, what are you doing here? Um, The fact that it was Beard who went to him and said, you know, it had that just shows up at his doorstep. And I love Nathan's actually like, what is about to happen? (laughs) Yeah. He thought he was going to get killed. (laughs) (laughs) And Beard's just a very calm and quiet explanation of how he came to know Ted and what Ted did for him. And then what he did to Ted after that, but Ted still, you know, was his best friend and just was like, we're good here. And, Ted's entire thing about making you know not being there to win games but to make people the better versions of themselves was exemplified through Beard's act of going, you know, 10 o'clock Monday and just walking, you know, and then moving into headbutt. I'm like, is he really gonna headbutt him? And there's kind of like little soft tap. I'm like,
2: okay. I I loved that scene, and I loved the instigation of that scene when Ted is showing Beard the video footage of how Nathan had to hide under the desk for hours waiting oh, for everybody to my leave gosh yeah mm-hmm. and then the powerful moment when Ted says wouldn't it be awful if all of us were judged by our most awful moment or something along those lines and yeah that's when he's like cuz oh. cuz <laughs> Ted was okay with bringing Nate back like he mm-hmm. was finally he understood he made bad choices. He forgave him. Everybody deserves a second chance. It was Beard that was holding it up. He's oh, like, yeah. if you let that Judas back in here. And I well, also really loved in that moment when they're having that heartfelt moment and Nate says, it's a lot like Les Mis. And he says, yes, our story shares a lot of similarities with the, with the musical Les Mis. Except
0: the- it was meth. <laughs> oh well, my gosh. <laughs> so, I mean, the
2: like Basic story. gets out of prison. Steals as soon his as truck. He says
4: meth, I'm like, Oh, that
2: means.
3: Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole time when Nathan Shelley was uh, the manager for the other team, West Ham. It, West Ham. Thank you. The name escaped me. Um, and in any time there was like any, especially in the beginning, whenever there were like reporters asking questions to Ted or, or even anybody from AM, AFC Richmond, like they. And, and especially Ted though, like he was very like, he was just, he was very professional. Like he kept it professional the entire time. And there was even that moment where his son, his son, Henry was visiting in town and what did he want to do on his last night there or whatever? He wanted to go to a football match and West Ham was playing and they went and they wore like West, Ham, like his son wore a West Ham Jersey and was like, and they were cheering and, and just like the whole way that they, um, that they acted and that he acted um, towards West Ham and everything. Like it was, it was so respectful and like, it was just kind of, honestly, it was kind of unexpected a little bit because here is this like golden opportunity. Here's this guy who totally snubbed you and also like told the press some really personal, deep things about what you've been going through and betrayed your trust. And here he is, you know, just trying to be like respectful AF and, Everybody else around him is like, no, we hate Nathan. So I don't know. It's, it just really shows how true, um, true to character that they kept with Ted. It's very Ted. And did
0: you guys start to tear up when they all pulled out the believe pieces of the believe? Um, Oh my
3: gosh. (laughs) I could not. (laughs) I could. Yeah, that was, that was amazing. And because they kept the pieces with themselves the whole time the whole time
0: yeah i didn't want the art the redemption arc with nathan but i very much felt it would not be ted lasso if there wasn't one and i did like the way he came back as the assistant to the kit to the, the kit boy yeah yep. and then i did like that they wrapped up the series with the diamond dogs reunion and that roy oh, 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 kent
1: <laughs> and they included the one it yes did it like make that question of like, can I be a diamond dog? And are just like, <laughs> I love that moment. why
0: <laughs> <Roy>? because <laughs> I think starts, even earlier in that uh... same episode, they're like have a diamond dog meeting, and they're like, Roy, and he's like, no,
3: nope. he's like, I'm nope. <laughs> nope, I'm out.
2: <laughs> yeah, he, like he says something. I want to talk about what how I'm feeling. And they're like, you want to join the diamond dogs? And you've got oh, even wow. like Trent Crim standing there. <laughs> 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 yes, <laughs> I
3: saw that. Too.
2: He's like, nope yeah and then later when he says it 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 was awesome Mm -hmm. and that just showed the growth from from roy throughout the series and and how his character had evolved and changed how do you know if a girl likes you
3: (laughs) (laughs) it was so tender i loved it
0: and did you realize when he's hanging up the picture at the end when he becomes manager uh the pictures of the boobies Uh was the ones his niece drew yeah, in like preschool or her school art show mm-hmm. and then also a throwback because ted goes in first season and uses black tape to cover up all the pornographic images like in the lockers Fuck, yeah. oh yeah. yeah that's right oh so it's like a cute throwback to both of those things
3: mm-hmm. oh man i know watching the watching the the finale um and seeing all the different callbacks and everything it like seriously makes me like i i want to go back to season one and press play
2: my my brother is watching the series like the season one right now we were talking the other day and he's like he was watching it for the first time he's like yeah we finally started watching it he's like we've gotten four episodes in and i'm like and and he kind of left me hanging for a minute he like made me feel like he was not going to like it and then i was gonna have to punch him in the face but fortunately Uh. (laughs) he was like we love it And then he started saying, you know, I'm not sure about Jamie Tart. I don't really like that character very much. And he's like, and Roy Kent's really closed off. I'm like, "Mm -hmm. well, I'm
1: excited for you to watch it.
2: (laughs)
0: Watching the progressions
1: of of Jamie, Roy, and even Nate. I mean, getting to see what it was that made Nate the way he was and his relationship with his father. And that made him so mousy and unsure of himself because he was just looking for approval from his father that he never felt that he got and then having that you know when after he left west ham and he's just crashing at his parents place because the paparazzi and all the news folks are at his place and he finds his violin and starts playing just the scene of him playing and then watching the pullback of his father standing in the doorway watching it and just smiling and and (laughs) just seeing his (laughs) yeah and then you know the shock and then the conversation that they have of you know why he drove him the way that he did and why Nathan was so you know always uptight and and unsure of anything he did because he was just nothing was ever good enough as far as he was concerned for from his father and his father saying you know admitting maybe I put far too much pressure on you to have what I didn't and I'm like that's that's believable and yeah you know, I know you didn't want the arc of of Nate finding that redemption, but I think that was one of the steps that he needed to, to kind of get him moving again. Yeah. Because while he was, you know, a, allegedly great by Derek's definition, at the restaurant, uh. <laughs> you know, like, well, I've got to I have to fire you, or else Jane's going to report some, or um, Jade, 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 yeah, going to report all these yeah. other things. So you're fired. I'm like, well. Sorry, Nate. You had you had something that looked like it was keeping you afloat that you enjoyed, and somebody just pulled that from under you. Unlike him sabotaging himself at uh, AFC. Right. Richmond. I and totally talk... thought that.
4: Uh, um, oh shoot! What's his name? Rupert
1: was gonna try to take Jade. Yeah, uh, but I that's... didn't think so. There wasn't. There wouldn't be a Rupert. But it I think Rupert was took... like, "She's not good enough for you." That's why he kept trying to set him up with all those supermodels. Yeah
0: uh th- That's a character that changed too, in my opinion, because like she's such a, <laughs> she's kind of a little bee <laughs> uh-huh. in the first two seasons, she's up and tight. then she is a great girlfriend and very supportive yeah. and very kind. And I think the interaction she actually had with Rupert and a couple other people was showing how she isn't going to deal with people's crap like yeah. Rupert's crap. Like she could see through his sliminess. Mm-hmm. and didn't give him what he wanted from what he likes to get from people, which is the power yeah. and the prestige. So yes, Jade ended up being a great girlfriend mm-hmm. and I thought she was such
3: a little brat.
1: Yeah. I'm right <laughs> well, there with you on that one.
3: And I feel like, I feel like we need to talk about Keely a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, cause remind me, cause I, I cannot remember mm-hmm. when she, when we are first introduced her and Robert, you probably remember the most since you just watched season one. <laughs> But no um, wow. she she was just Jamie's yeah. girlfriend, right? Was, was mm-hmm. she even working at Richmond yet? Her whole thing no. was she was famous for almost being famous.
2: Yeah.
1: She was the Paris Hilton okay. of the of the, ep, of the show at first.
3: That's right. Because
1: she'd done some commercial work, which we saw through every hotel and, that everybody ever yes. stayed in. And I love oh, that. Yes. I love oh, that oh, yeah. so much.
3: And modeling and stuff. And modeling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I feel like... <laughs> I feel like with Kaylee, like, I, I'll be honest, I, I didn't... In the beginning, like, I kind of felt like she was a little annoying. But she, again, was another one of those characters that as you got to know her and you saw more interactions with her, you're like, okay, she's actually really cool. And, like, seeing even, like, her friendship with Rebecca evolve and how close those two came became, like, I loved their scenes together. Like, I thought it was just it was just amazing to see that the the dynamic between these two women just loving and supporting each other, like wholeheartedly. And even so much so that when, um you know, when it came time for, you know, cause Keely was PR for the team for a while. And then mm-hmm. she was able to go off and do her own thing that Rebecca was like, yep, go do it. Like, this is what you need to do. Yeah. I don't want you to leave, but this is what you need to do. And like, and even when that fell through and she needed, you know, she she was going to like, I think she was, I don't know if she was going to quit or what, but she just didn't really know what she was going to do. And again, Rebecca was like, let me help you. Yeah. And I thought that was amazing too, because because she could. And she saw the potential in Keely and how awesome of a, a boss she is with her PR, her public relations and her skills and everything. Like she wanted to help her succeed too.
1: But not Shandy. I, never shandy oh my god no.
0: shandy.
2: i don't know yeah shandy was the worst i i loved keely in season three so much i loved her with roy like their relationship yeah. was really great i loved too. it mm. loved them um, and i loved when roy took a step back because i thought that was the stupidest thing he could ever do but he did what he felt like he needed to do but i loved seeing what Keely had to go through to get this business off the ground and the crap she had to go through uh, and the way Jack treated her, because mm. that was a bad relationship from the beginning. So yeah. Bad. yeah. Jack just wanted to buy her love the whole time. And uh, well, it when was... it didn't fit her agenda. Like... Right. And then when Keely wasn't going to apologize for a private video that she sent to her boyfriend at the time, Uh, saying, no, I don't regret doing it. It was, you know, it was fine. It was, a, and Jack not understanding that and wanting her to apologize. Like it was really like, it sucks. Like it is such a double standard. If one of the football players on the team had done that same kind of video, it would have been like, well, that's boys being boys and a blip you know, and she does it anyway. Go ahead. I really
0: like that McAdoo. I I like that scene where McAdoo was like, we need to delete all these pictures because it Mm -hmm. is something. It's part of art that emulates real life because this does happen to people. This does happen where things surface up because you're sharing private things with someone you trust at the time. And then that dynamic changes. So
2: I loved that scene so much because if you remember back to, uh, 2016 when certain things came out about a certain presidential candidate and a lot of the things that you heard was well it's just locker room talk it's just Mm -hmm. what guys talk about in the locker room well here Ted Lasso gives us a better example of how guys should be talking in the locker room and I love that
3: Mm -hmm.
0: they showed such non-toxic masculinity (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and they grew so much as a team together and like you still had that one guy who like in Amsterdam was like we need to go to a sex show
2: <laughs> yeah
0: and, and like yeah that's and that and I don't think that was seen as like a negative but just as like
3: well they're young they're like young a single guys different single.
0: Human beings. yeah and that's yeah. what it that's great we love we love it.
2: That so, I loved. I loved that they sat in the in the lobby for so long to the point where they ended up doing nothing because they couldn't decide. Because that is like hanging out with a group of friends all the time. So you get together. Okay, so what are we gonna what do? What should we do? I don't know. What do you guys want to do? I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, let's great. let's look at another angle of that. Of um, when McAdoo was saying we need to delete all of these things, and then colin i think it was mm-hmm. i was like yeah maybe not and the his arc that we got to see a little bit of with um with trent discovering that he was gay and mm-hmm. keeping his secret and then the two of them sharing an evening out and having a conversation and colin becoming more more comfortable a little more comfortable in his own skin and then the reveal that he was gay when Um, everybody thought it was McAdoo when McAdoo jumps in the stands to punch the guy and gets red carded. And, you know, Colin fighting, you know, the the inner fight with him, like, do I say that it wasn't him and why he did it? And Trent just standing there very quietly observing, just watching the whole thing, like, I know what's going on in your head. You can see the whole thing, him just working through this of like, he's got to do it for himself. If he doesn't do it, I would have been interested to see what Trent, how he would have responded to him. But the fact that, when he did, you know, come out, and the team's like, "Okay, you're still mm-hmm. our teammate." Yeah, yeah. And well, that, and try to
0: tell me Jamie Tart isn't a by god.
1: But it, but then the relationship between Colin and McAdoo, how how tense that was until they, you know, finally came to came to a head and were like, "Okay, well, why didn't you tell me?" Uh, because I wasn't sure how you would react. And McAdoo's response of, oh, "Okay," and the fact that you can't keep a secret. Okay, that's true
3: yeah
0: let's play video games
2: and then i look i do responds like every heterosexual male ever that's so do you like asking the questions (laughs) (laughs) but i loved i loved in that episode uh ted's response Mm -hmm. the i do care speech was so powerful yeah yeah.
0: it was because
2: you know that we say that all the time. Oh, I don't care. I don't care. He wanted to make sure that he understood like, no, we got your back. We care. We are here for you. And then I loved Roy Kent at the end of that with the press conference. Mm -hmm. And when they ask him about what happened and he gives the whole story about, you know, the guy that he made fun of and said, Hey, you know, statistically speaking, I could be the father of your wife's baby and whatever. And like he said, basically none of us know what's going on in other people's lives. And so it's not our place to judge. So it's none of your best business. He didn't say none of your business, but he added some other words yeah. in there. But <laughs> but I love that because that was the culture that has been created on the team of, you know, we've got each other's backs. We care. You
0: well, know, we're and not going to judge. When Sam's restaurant got vandalized, <sighs> mm-hmm. I loved mm-hmm. at the end where the teammate showed up to help him take care of it. It was just such a it was just such little wholesome elements of like having a team, but having like a team.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, It's it's the Richmond way. It's the Richmond way. Exactly. And it's like Trent said toward the end of the, of season three, when he comes running and he's like, it's going to work, Ted, it's going to work. You haven't, you're not changing up mid season. You've been doing this over the last three years with little bits and pieces here and there, creating this culture of caring and genuine trust. It's going to work. I love that scene. And One I love when my... Beard's like, he's such a dork. Yeah. But <laughs> he's our dork. Our dork.
0: <laughs> One of my favorite things they continued on, like jokes, is calling uh, Zoro Van Dam throughout the third season. <laughs> oh my gosh,
3: yes. Zoro? Uh, Zoro. Till...
2: <laughs> I don't hear the difference. Uh, <laughs> well, then when he gets the black mask and he says yep. he wants to be Zoro. Uh-huh. Yep. Zoro? Uh, Zoro. Yeah. Zoro. Oh no, Zoro? Zoro.
0: Oh my gosh. I love that. Oh, the players were so fun
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, and created such like, yeah, uh, such a fun atmosphere. It added a lot to the story.
3: Well, and every time they like created their own little musical numbers and dances and stuff, like who does that? You know what I mean? Like I just, I loved, I loved that, especially, you know, as like a fun little thank you slash goodbye for Ted um, that they, did, the, so that they well. did that song like I was like laughing and I think maybe crying at the same time because it was just so
1: fun it's so ridiculous there was the other th- part of it just like are they doing Oh, they, they're doing the sound of music sound. okay well let's go yeah <laughs> speaking of thruples, Danny
2: Rojas at the end
0: <laughs> oh there my gosh Danny <laughs> Danny, <laughs> that makes so much sense
3: football is life <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: oh
2: my gosh I loved him and Van Dam. speaking of Van Dam, because they were going to play each other in the national games. Yes. And, and he uh,
3: was like scared of it.
2: Yeah. You are now my enemy.
3: <laughs> and he broke his
2: nose. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> In the plane where he's like, wants some chips and he just crushes them. And, just...
1: <laughs> and Van like Okay. Then when, like, okay. And then when okay. he comes back
2: and they're just be- it's like everything's back to normal. And they're they're like, not enemies hey! anymore. It's <laughs> and Van Damme's like, uh,
0: He's so confused. Sure. And the fact that they just named one of the characters Bumbercatch. Yes. Like it's just such like silly humor.
2: There was, and that's what makes it so great is there are the little silly jokes throughout the whole thing mm-hmm. and uh that you can that you can pick up on, or you might miss some of them, but they're all there, they're funny, but then it's still heartfelt and it's genuine and it's sincere. Uh it's I don't know. I it it's hard to think of another show that's like Ted Lasso.
4: Well, I actually I, think this is some of the best TV we've, we've gotten, gotten in years. Well, I ever. was
3: I was gonna say I think probably the most the close the most close. I can't. I can't. The most closest. The, the most, most
2: closest. Closest closest.
3: Yeah, you guys know what I'm saying It would be shrinking. Like I said earlier, because it's very similar humor in a way, and it's you know it's it's a dramedy, just like I feel like ted lasso is um categorized and there's a lot of f words too and um (laughs) and also the commonality with brett goldstein because he um he helps write that one too but also yeah no i i feel like it's it's a different enough story though that it is yeah it's not ted lasso but it has very like similar humor and um it's just also very like cleverly written that I feel like if you are looking for a show that's kind of like Ted Lasso, I I would recommend Shrinking,
1: but with less with less football,
3: definitely a lot less, less football. football, a lot and, less football. But it has Harrison Ford, so it and does
2: have football in it though. Both oh. both shows star a guy named Jason and a last name that starts with an S.
3: That is true. Mm-hmm. That is
2: true. So another another commonality there. Another
1: one thing with um Ted Lasso just going outside of the show for a second um the, one of the people that i work with uh day in and day out is from scotland and we you know i asked him so do you watch ted lasso and he was like yes you know as a soccer fan because he is a diehard soccer fan played uh, amateur league for a while and my thought was, you know, so how does it, you know, how do you feel about it? He's like, the only problem that he had with it was, it's hard to make, and he said, why is it so difficult to make a soccer game on television look like an actual, I mean, a football game, look like a football game. And I think that with a lot of sports uh, media, uh, sports in pop culture media, rather, um, sometimes it's hard to get the the camera angles and everything, like in a movie, it's a little better because you have the cameras that can catch capture the motion from the angles because they will go to different stadiums, what have you. But trying to get player-level action, I could see where, yeah, if we mentioned that to me, I could see where it was, okay, I can see where this, is, this does not look like an actual soccer match, per se. But it was never about the soccer. And he says that outside of that, loved the show, loved everything. Um, he also, thanks to the show, explained to me before they did it to, for Ted, how the Premier League, the Championship League, and all the other leagues work, and then oh, yeah. the other divisions below that—it makes that, no and sense. The it's ridiculous. But I also came to understand how it is that people become so fanatical about it because it starts when they're six, seven. Like Marley was saying that she played when she was younger, but you know, you start off with like a a church league or a pub league and you can go up to like an amateur league and you can be in a league that is like one level removed from the championship league and it's like you're part of this whole culture that is international. and has so many different levels and divisions. It's just like how do you keep track of this? So Ted's confusion of like, so let me get this straight. If we lose, if we lose this match, we go to the champions league, but if we win, we could be in the premier league, but if this happens, we're relegated to this league. And I'm like, I understand your confusion, Ted. I am right <laughs> yeah. there with you.
0: But in the last season, he finally understands the offsides.
1: He, he did. And that was so, that funny. was yes. a great moment. <laughs> Cause and it was lovely just to watch beard and Roy look at him like, What? Who are you and what have you done with, with Ted? That yeah. that confusion and he's and, you know he just Well because like... he's so
2: casual about it. He's like, Oh, they're gonna call that back because he was off sides. <laughs> what?
4: <laughs> Guy finally understands the game. Right as he's game. leaving.
3: <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, it's just such a good show. Like I I seriously try to recommend it to, to everyone that I know. And even even the people that I know that don't like the the swears and, and some of the crassness, but I, but again they they start playing or not playing. They start watching the show and they're like, okay, this is fine. I like this show enough that I don't really mind that mm-hmm. the, the profanity and stuff in it. And so like it's just it's like what Steph said. It's it's effing wholesome. That's what it is. It's just a great show overall. I agree, I agree. to agree.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: i and i am some shows leave you very sad with how they do the finale and leave you wanting more or like a better conclusion and i was very satisfied with how they ended things and while i would love more i understand and accept that there will not be and i'm happy with how they concluded it yeah
3: they wrapped up every little thing. I feel like not every little thing, but like the major all the thing. the major, the, yeah, the major points. And and again, as we mentioned, like they they had a lot of really fun callbacks, and even subtle ones. You know that it just it the last episode. I feel like was one of the most satisfying series finales that I've seen for any series in a long time.
1: Agreed. <laughs> and did you catch uh, going to callbacks? Beard's pants.
3: Yes, at his wedding. I noticed (laughs) that too. The stripy pants. Mm -hmm. Yep, I noticed that. And and the couple, the Mm -hmm. the house that he went to, that the woman they were there, and the the guy came in and was like scared him off the big guy, and he chases him around all all (laughs) night. Yeah, they were at the wedding too.
4: Yep, I just love that airplane scene where he's. (laughs) I got a plan. (laughs) uh, All of a sudden, are you gonna go to the hospital with your
0: friend? Uh, no, he's good.
4: Right.
2: <laughs> what a <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: that oh. that that scene, the whole airplane scene, the airport scene, um, is such a great bookend to the beginning of the se- of the series because at the beginning it starts with them saying, "Is this nuts?" And he says that on the plane to Beard as well. Is this nuts? I mean, we almost won the whole dang thing. We could go back next year and maybe win the whole thing, and then also when he gets off the plane and the kid's like, Hey, aren't you Ted Lasso? And like, yeah, you're a real, you know, and basically it was a joke. And then, and this, it's the same kind of thing. Hey, aren't you Ted Lasso? And it was more of a, a respect thing. And there Wasn't was a the lot of really cool stuff. I think it is. I think it is.
0: Really? Huh. I, thought huh. it was. Yeah,
2: I think it is. I need
3: to go back um, and
2: look at this, but yeah, it, it was cool to see that. I loved, how they wrapped up so many of the characters and their stories as well. I loved Rebecca wanting to run the team into the ground to instead of selling the whole thing she only sold off 49% yeah. but she sold it to the fans. Yeah. And so the fans own it and like and
0: May was... had like
2: <laughs>
1: step fat <that> stack. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep.
0: I loved that. I loved I loved the pub friends, and they're like, what are we going to do now? And she's like, you know, make a connection and settle down. And they're like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's much else. I think we all came to the same conclusion. Well, Ted maybe, Lasso, Maybe up. we
2: could go around and ask what your favorite Tedism is. Your favorite lesson that Ted taught or oh. experience
1: or saying. Um, Two. I've got two, actually. One is the scene in the pub with Rebecca, Rupert, and Bex, where he challenges Rupert to darts. And everybody's like, that's a horrible idea. Don't do this. And he's, he's playing right-handed. And then when they agree to the terms, he's like, oh, I forgot I'm left-handed. And he's just nailing shots. And he talks about being underestimated his entire life. And the look on Rupert's face as he realizes he's not the most powerful man in the room he's and he's getting shot down by some yank from the middle of nowhere who knows nothing about about football. And, you know, it's just, Ted just, like, yeah, they under me because um, my father told me that there's two kinds of people, the ones who are curious and the ones who are judgmental in that conversation. So that would be one. And I think that the overall it was never about me.
3: Um I just thought of one. Um it's like it it just goes back to all of those scenes with the diamond dogs and how basically like all these this like this group of men who are probably not really used to talking openly about their feelings and their struggles and what they're going through. And here they created a safe space for all of them to be able to do that, a judgment-free zone and just to be able to just like talk it out. And whether it was just to share and not necessarily seek advice, but just an opportunity to be like, Hey, I'm going through this thing. Just wanted you to know. And, you know, and, and I think the, the Tedism that kind of goes with that is like talking about like how like vulnerability is not weakness because it's not, you know, it's, it's okay to be vulnerable and to talk about your feelings and even with your friends and, and people that you don't know super well. Um, So I, I always, I always really liked those scenes a lot.
4: I would say be a goldfish. Oh
3: Uh, yes.
4: I tend to just, get stuck in my own head a lot and just kind of go over things that have happened in the past or decisions that were made and be a goldfish and just trying to reset and just forget about those things and moving forward and uh, doing better going forward.
0: I'm going to break the rules a little bit and do a Jamie Tartism, where it's it's just poope. Let it flow. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> but it's just yes. so great. Like, let like just let it go. It's not oh, gonna like help you.
1: Like the sewers.
3: <laughs> it's
0: just poope. I want my kids to say poope like that. Yeah.
3: I mean, I I do that now with with me and me and my husband Jason. Like whenever we're talking about something that we're upset about or something, we're like, it's just poope. it's poopy yeah
2: um i there's so many and you guys have talked about a lot of good ones i really love the scene in the the pub as well with the dark game i think that's such a powerful scene um but i i really do love the scene where he's talking with trent about his vision for the team and how he thinks about these players and how sincere and open he is, you know, it's not about the wins and losses. It's about helping these guys develop and seeing that play out over the next two and a half seasons. At that point, it was, it was really cool. Um, And then a a funny one. I love when he's getting the tour from Rebecca for the first time. And she talks about how some people think that it may even be haunted because it was an old world war one hospital and he says ooh spooky and she says oh do you believe in ghosts he says yeah i do but you know i think it's more important that they believe in themselves
3: <laughs> because he's all about belief yes uh, i love that uh, i love that too right. so many so many awesome just awesome tender moments from that show it's hard to it's hard to list every single one cuz every time ted opens his mouth i feel like there's something
0: Well, and proof that you can make a really fantastic show without being a dick. Like, uh, all other jokes, none of it's punching down. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. all just, yeah, creating happiness and joy and community, so.
2: Yeah. It's so hard because we've been talking for over an hour now, and there's still so much. And I'm thinking, like, we didn't talk about mental health at all and how it totally was open and honest about that and dealing with mental health. We didn't talk. I mean, there's just so much. Yeah,
1: so much yeah, goodness just in the it. overall. The three seasons of Lasso, as opposed to just the finale episode. Yeah,
0: yeah, we should have niched down.
1: Sorry, oh, we did, but we were it
0: was too big. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was a great show.
1: It was indeed.
0: Well, thank ev- thank everyone, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Do it now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight Um, or whenever you listen to this. Uh, We'd love to hear your thoughts about Ted Lasso. You can check out our Discord, Uh, discord discord.com. Nope. Nope.
4: (laughs) Discord.agegeek.com.
0: There we go. (laughs) (laughs) We would love for you to check out our sister podcasts uh Movies that make us, cutscenes and cupcakes, multiplane podcast. Am I missing any right now? Got nope. the big three, and yeah, we'll be back next week with some more great content. So, thank you guys, and have a lovely night, and be Goodbye. a goldfish, Bye. and believe,
3: Bye. believe,
4: believe in yourself.
3: This has been an Age of Geek media production.